Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name is Amit Man. Please do rate, review, subscribe on all your podcast platforms and on YouTube, like, and give us that old thumbs up, subscribe as well. We're going to be here all season. Joining me today is Oren Weisfeld. Honestly, Oren, um, when I hear your name, I feel like it's from the medieval times and I want to go Oren Weisfeld III. Yeah, like now a jester. Exactly. Like could, yeah, I'd be into it. Uh, how are you, sir? How's it going? I'm doing I'm doing very well. Like I said, just getting used to these changing Raptors game times and just having to drink that second coffee of the day a little bit later. I'm finding to to still have energy for these 10 p.m. starts, but mm-hmm. I'm doing well, man. Or you add a third coffee. Yeah. That's another route to go too. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, I'm in uh, newborn life these days, so I'm not hesitating to have a third maybe a fourth. I'm just trying to get through the days and these late starts. I'm just like, yeah, I mean, seven o'clock, 10 o'clock, 12 AM. doesn't matter. I'm awake anyway. So <laughs> do whatever you want to do. It doesn't yeah. care. I'm running on fumes. 90% Congratulations. Of the time. Congratulations. But yeah, my, my <laughs> boss at Raptors Republic, Zarar always says like, when people complain about being busy, who don't have kids, he's like, I just can't take them seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I've learned to, to kind of hold back on some of those, but I do recall an experience that I had during the summertime where I met a fella um, at the park and uh, he was, I was with my daughter at the time and she's three years old and she loves dogs. So we get talking about stuff and he's like, Oh geez, like our dog, he's always awake all the time. The training has been so hard. I'm like, really? Yeah. It's been, it's been difficult for you. Training your dog. Oh, that's, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, must be a real grind for those couple of weeks for you. Really, yeah. I apologize. It's rough life for you. Anyways, enough about kids and dogs. Uh, the Raptors looked like dogs yesterday, though, against the Utah Jazz. <laughs> that was uh, an unfortunate game. It had uh, some ups and downs. Well, I guess first off, with Oren, we're going to talk about a few things. We'll look at the Jazz game last night. They got the Kings tonight. And then we're going to talk about their defense. And uh kind of the state of the team, a little bit of Pascal Siakam talk that kind of gives everyone an idea of what's to come. But yeah, the, the jazz game last night, the third quarter seemed to be the the biggest issue. Um, that's where they got heavily outscored and they didn't score too much. They had a huge drought. Actually the drought was, they scored 10 points in the last nine and nine minutes and 10 seconds of the third quarter, 10 points. So that's not great. And that was a big problem, but overall, um, you could kind of see the difference between the Utah Jazz and the Toronto Raptors and where they are. I mean, the Utah Jazz, I mean, they just, everything they do, there's so much precision, there's team cohesion, there's chemistry. Everything is like a step faster, I found with them, as opposed to the Raptors. Uh, what was your takeaway from that game? Absolutely. I think chemistry is a huge part of it. This is a team that's played together for many years now, and they've kept a core group together. On the Raptors side of things, you know, 
I found an interesting stat that the Raptors are the least experienced team in the league when you don't account for Goran Dragic's 13-year career, and he's yeah. not playing. So it's basically the least experienced team in the league. And, and that lack of chemistry is definitely showing itself all over the place. Other than that, in the third quarter, I, I think other than the chemistry, the game was played in Utah's favor from the start, as in like the the energy was always what Utah wanted. And in the first half, the Raptors actually kept up, right? I think it was 61-61 after half, which for the Raptors is a really good shooting night. Yeah. Uh, but you just felt like they can't keep this up, right? Like the Raptors can't get in shootouts with teams like the Jazz. It, it, if it happens against the Warriors, it's also not going to end up well for them. The mm-hmm. Raptors need to play a, a style where it's defense first. They're getting out in transition. Even like, I mean, they they need to kind of break the spirits of a team in certain ways defensively. And you know, we'll get into some of the numbers here, but every offense recently has had their way against Toronto to the point where they're not settling for mid-range jumpers. They're either getting to the rim or getting corner threes, the two best shots in the NBA. And it just kind of shows that the Raptors have no way of of kind of like slowing down these teams right now. Yeah, well, uh, like you said, we're going to get into some of those numbers, uh, definitely. But then looking at that that jazz game a little bit specifically that that third quarter so the raptors they shot 12 threes okay that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot of threes to shoot and this a lot of it's because of you know the defense that the utah jazz played they only made one of them and you look at the shots that were missed i mean pascal chris boucher malachi they all missed wide open looks these are the looks that were being provided to them by the defense and they were dismissed and I think that's kind of part of, you know, how things are going to go sometimes for the, for the Raptors, that they're just not going to be able to keep up shooting wise with some of these teams. And that's why I kind of worry about them playing this heavy transition style is that if you're not great at finishing in transition, like, and they aren't right. Like they have their ups and downs, but sometimes it's not great. And you're getting into these transition battles with teams. It's like they're in most cases, some of the teams are going to be better than you. Right when it comes to scoring and executing and just, they have more talent. And so if you're not able to level up in that case, what they did in the first half, right. But then 12, the third quarter comes around, they're not able to keep up. And then all of a, all of a sudden that gap between uh, the teams gets to like 14 points or whatever it was heading into the fourth quarter. It doesn't seem to be sustainable, you know, like they're banking on like missing OG doesn't help either. And, you know, precious is out. Um, hopefully Utah comes back at some point. We don't know when he spoke yesterday and that w- it was nice to see his face. That he is, he is in fact like you know alive, and he talked about uh, the calf and how it's feeling, and there really is, still is no timetable for his return. But even when they're at full strength, there's still going to be a team that isn't going to be exactly a putting up 120 points a game. There was one particular case last night where this, I'm like, this is exactly this is so Raptors right here. It's late in the fourth quarter, and Pascal he misses a wide open three from from the corner, and then. Donovan Mitchell comes down the court and hits a pull-up three right in Fred's face. I'm like, that's it. That's all you got to know. <laughs> these are the kind of things that are going to keep on happening with the Toronto Raptors unless they kind of adjust their playing style, in, in my opinion. Yeah, like it's interesting because uh, I was looking at the notes and the Raptors actually took 14 more shots than the Jazz last night. So they are getting, they are jerry-rigging the game and they're getting kind of those extra possessions that they need to win games yeah. because like you said, they don't have the offensive skill to, to kind of go blow for blow with teams. So they turned the Jazz over uh, 24 times last night 
and they still lost by like 20. So, I mean, that just kind of shows that everything was going wrong last night in terms of like, even though they were getting turnovers and, and they had more field goal attempts, yeah. uh, they couldn't get stops. And, and their offense also, the, the three balls stopped going down in the second half. So, I mean, we can talk about the scheme because that's probably like what you're talking about is a mathematical problem, right? And the Raptors are on the, the wrong side of some math right now. Like the Jazz had how many threes compared to them, right? 19 to 10 last night. Mm-hmm. And, and like 14 more shots isn't going to make up for nine more made threes. It's just, it's just a math problem right now. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, like teams are getting to the rim at will against the Raptors. And right now, 13% of, of opponent's shots are from the corner three, which would be an NBA historical high, if not for the Raptors of two seasons ago or last season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's really concerning. And then, and then looking in a little bit more, the small ball lineup, the one that they were starting when OG was still playing, so Fred, Trent, OG, Barnes, and Siakam, that lineup is giving 21% of opponent shots coming from the corner three. Yeah. So it's just not sustainable the way they're playing right now. Yep. And to kind of put home exactly what you're talking about. So the Utah Jazz, yeah, like you said, they made, uh, what was it, uh, 19 threes yesterday, right? And they average 14 uh, makes per game. And they normally, they shoot uh, 33% from three. And that doesn't matter if they're at home or away. It's around 33, 34%. And they shot 41% against Toronto. And this has been common, like night in, night out. And if we're looking a little bit deeper at the numbers, teams are shooting 35.9% on threes versus the Raptors, which is fifth worst. And they're also shooting 65% from five feet or less from the basket, which is sixth worst. So you're not defending the three. You're not defending the rim. You're not probably defending, you know, mid-range too well either. There, it's so broken. It feels like at times, and you know, losing OG and Anobi clearly doesn't help. But even if he was here, I think the systematic issues that we're talking about are still rampant. I sent a tweet uh, earlier today, and it was an example of the Raptors and how they're picking up players regardless of their skill set, as soon as they pick get past half court. And like, you know, Dame, okay, a little bit a different story, but do you need to be picking up Mike Conley as soon as he gets across half court? Because once you do that, you are just creating this huge gap around the three-point line where a team like Utah, you're just giving them space. And they're going to be like, perfect, I'll take that. And then that led to lobs, that led to getting the Raptors in rotation and more open threes. I don't know, man. Uh, it's this is a this is a tricky one, and I feel like the Raptors need to be a little bit more conservative in some areas, and that the the heavy aggressive style, night in night out, wherever you are on the court, <clears throat> I don't think it's conducive to a good defense. You know, you need to have a great rim protector in that case, and they don't have that. Um, so this is, a, I think, something has to change, and I don't think it's as much as the Raptors need to get better at rotations. Like, yeah, okay, you know, if you if you have five guys, you know, on one string, perfect, but you are going to be bringing in other players off the bench. And even just to do something like that, it's so technical that like, we're talking situations where a player is a little bit, is a half step behind coming off the screen. All of a sudden, now, again, you're in rotation because you are playing so aggressive, 
right? Yep. Like you have no room for error with their defense. And yeah. that seems like a bad way to play when you already have, you know, so many players who are probably, you know, who are great one-on-one defenders. Like why not just relax in some areas and just rely on them to be, you know, as fundamentally sound as they already are. Yeah, no, I saw your tweet and I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. At the beginning of the season, they were playing a much less aggressive scheme. They were switching everything um, and they were kind of living with the results. If a big posted them up, then they would double, you know, if they switched and got it. And, and I thought that scheme worked really well. With that being said, I think there is some utility to this aggressiveness. But like you said, they need to pick their spots better. And yeah, I don't understand the point of like doubling ball handlers if they're not already hot. Right. And, and that's, that's what you said with Mitchell. It's like, wait until he has it going and then like change the scheme on him rather than come out of the gates, what they did last night, coming out of the gates, trapping pick and rolls. And then after that, they went to like, they changed it from there to be less aggressive. I would rather it be the other way around, but in general, like, this has been a talking point for a long time now with Nick Nurse and, and his aggressive schemes. And I think at the end of the day, it comes down to this team is too new. They're too young and pieces are in and out of the rotation constantly because of injuries right now yeah. that the system is too complicated because a half step in this system is like a full step in, in a more traditional system. It's right? so true. It's so, so, true. so I, I think in general, like I, I still want Raptors teams to have that in their bag and to be able to kind of double and rotate because I think that does take their defense like to a higher ceiling, maybe in, in, in future years. And so I think it's worth like still practicing that, but I think right now they need to, to simplify it a little bit, especially with guys in and out of the rotation and like go back to switching everything. It was working really well. And, and the last point on the defense is as much as like he was the, the, end of some jokes because of his finishing this season precious Achua has been really missed because when they've always had a center on the floor like the the numbers just say that they've been better defensively with precious or chem on the floor yep definitely and also precious i mean he's very mobile he's able to cover a lot of ground really quickly so when it does come to helping he's able to do it now you know the technicalities of defense and where to go and how, when to get there and you know going too early are all things that he's still working on, but he is certainly being missed just for the simple fact that like you're talking about, he is center. He is a center or sort of a center, a yeah. small center. I and think he's, he's a center. Yeah. And he I also mean, he rebounds. Is. He rebounds really well. And that's another problem that the Raptors have had after starting the season really well on both ends rebounding recently, their defensive yeah. rebounding has really gone down the drain and teams are just making them pay. And also, as you mentioned, uh, the offensive rebounding part of Precious is uh, is very valuable. He is obviously a center, but so I look at some of those matchups where he's like guarding Joel Embiid. I'm like, are you a center? But that's you know, <laughs> that's part of it. That's how it is. Sometimes there's those players don't exist uh, everywhere. Um, on uh, the defense as well, uh, I find that uh, I mean, I love Scotty. Right, Scotty is he's going to be a tremendous player, but him playing so many minutes. Um, when he is not really a great team defender yet is a bit of a problem. There's, there are several cases last night, if you just want to look at even last night where, you know, he's not boxing out uh, Bogdanovich and uh, he's getting an offensive rebound and that leads to a three, or he's like telling Pascal, there was one case in particular where he's like telling Pascal, Hey, down the court, I get, you got 
you got Rudy Gobert. Meanwhile, Bogdanovich is behind him going for a layup. <laughs> it's like little things like this that he's still um, trying to get a flow and understanding of how to play team defense. And it doesn't help to be in this Nick Nurse system that is so complicated. Mm-hmm. So complicated. He is like, I think he is much better as a team defender in a, in a simpler system, but there are so many areas to mess up in this defense. There's mm-hmm. so little room for error, like you mentioned. And for him now, especially trying to be a center at times in this in this lineup, it's a lot to ask of him. It's gonna yeah. help him in, in the long run. Obviously, like I, I think the Raptors, like they're fully in on you know making him just you know live and learn with his mistakes right now. As Nick said the other day, he's like, I want Scotty to shoot four threes a game, right? Because they like this is the time to do it. And you know, mm-hmm. this is gonna make him a better player in, in the coming years. But in the interim. I worry about how this is going to be affecting this season. The season still matters to me. It does at least. No, for sure. And I think, I think both him and Siakam have been guarding a lot of fives recently and it hasn't gone well for the Raptors and Siakam. It looks like he lost some weight from last season. Barnes has just never been really asked to defend centers like Rudy Gobert before in his life. So there's obviously going to be growing pains. So yeah, I think, I think it has looked rough. He's way too aggressive as a help defender. Like he just takes these gambles all the time and his teammates don't know he's taking them. And then he gets burned for it more often than he would in college. Right. Where, where help is just so much more common. Uh, And, and last night after the game was the first time he actually looked frustrated at a press conference. And like, this is the Mm. first time in his life he's probably lost, you know, five out of six games. (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see how him and the other young guys rebound rebound from this i was just reading josh lewenberg's tweet about how you know two seasons ago when the raptors ran into injury trouble but they were the second best record in the league before COVID. it was on a west coast road trip that some guys off the bench boucher ronde i think terrence davis stepped up on that trip and then became like regular contributors for their bench as the season went on and they got more healthy and that has to happen like sooner or later and yeah. i know we're gonna maybe talk about the bench but that just has to happen soon Agreed. We are going to talk about the bench. Um, shifting to Pascal's game, who had a bit of a dud, you might say. He shot two of 14, um, took two shots in the first half. Uh, eight of his 14 shots were from 13 feet or above. So clearly there was that's a systematic thing by the Utah Jazz. They wanted to make sure that Pascal didn't get in the paint. He's burned them quite a few times over the past couple of years. And so they're like, you know what? You're not getting the paint. We're going to make you shoot from the outside. And uh, Pascal's jumper just wasn't falling. He missed a, a couple of wide open threes, a couple of uh, mid-range jumpers. For me, I mean, I love that he's shooting threes and that they're you know going in at a higher clip this year. But the difference between him becoming like a 25 points per game score or a 27 points per game score is his mid-range shot. It's been up and down. It was up and down last year. And that's an element that I would love to see him really hone and get much better at, especially with the pull-ups. I think he's shooting, um, I wrote it down here. I think he's shooting 23% right now from pull-up range from, from two. And that's just not good enough. Like he has to figure that out because his game, if he's not able to get in the paint and that's going to be something that happens a lot, I think this season, you know, teams are going to be like, right. If you're, uh, if you're not going to let Pascal in the paint, it's similar to kind of to DeMar and what the Cavs did with him in the playoffs sometimes. You know, and like we looked at it as, you know, DeMar's failure. And I guess it was to some degree, but when he's on the floor with a few players, and this is more so now because uh, OG's out, but 
he's on the floor with like a chem and a Scotty, two players who aren't really shooting the three that much. And you can't really hit it a high clip. All you got to do is just crowd Pascal when he does his post-ups and who's he going to pass to. And to his credit, uh, I think he is more of a, a passer just as he's trying to figure out and help the offense continue to move the ball. It's not so much about him passing when the opportunities are, when he gets doubles, which he's doing, but he is trying to defer to his teammates more <clears throat> in the name of making a better offense. And so last night, he him only taking two shots uh, in the first half. I think that was more because, you know, they scored 61 points. So things are moving, the things are moving well and things were going pretty well for them. But then mm. third quarter comes around and uh, things went a little bit dry. And so he was forcing the issue just a little bit. And uh, yeah, he wasn't able to hit shots. There should be a floor for his performance. Like when he has bad nights and they're going to happen, we should have like a, all right, at least he's going to do this. And we didn't get that last night. I think he had four assists and four turnovers. Um but uh, yeah, this is a tough time for, for him, especially with the lack of spacing at times with the players they have on the court. Yeah, that's true. And I think one of those things that he can do as a floor raiser is rebound, like as, as like basic as it seems. And people pointed out he didn't get his first rebound till I think 29 yeah. minutes of playing last night. And, and that's just one of the, like, that's how he entered the league, right. As like a high motor guy who would hustle and, and get loose balls. And so I think if his shot's not going down, that's one thing he can at least do is is rebound. Um, but like this might be a pretty nerdy take, but I'm honestly not that worried about the offense. Last night was a dud, but I don't think that's going to happen that much. I think the offense since he's been back has actually been kind of better than I expected. I thought there would be like mm -hmm. more of an adjustment period, but maybe with OG out, it actually will struggle because he's such a key floor spacer for them. But like in general, the offense has has kind of been better than I expected with him returning, and and the numbers bear that out. Like this is nerdy, but like the offense, they're plus oh, nine point nine nine <laughs> nine point nine points per hundred possessions. Better offensively with Pascal playing, they're worse, uh, ten point seven points per one hundred possessions defensively with Pascal on the floor. So you know. That's really the worry for me. Uh, quickly on the offense, the one thing that he needs to do is if they're going to put bigs on him, he has to find ways to attack bigs. And and his decision-making was just off last night. Like Rudy was on him a lot and sagging a lot. And it's like you have to make him pay with the three and then you can go inside once he steps a step like more on you on the perimeter. And his decision-making yeah. was kind of backwards and he wasn't getting anything. And, and against mismatches like centers, that's one area where he has to be able to, to, even if it's not scoring, it's just drive by, get in the paint, throw it out. Like he has to help. Sure. But defensively, I think he's, he's really been a little bit lost out there. Uh, he's been I mean, a little they're all bit lost to be honest, <laughs> but yes, it's, it's true. <laughs> but he's the guy you expect to cover for Scotty and, and precious and, and those guys making mistakes, right? You expect your vet, you're one of, one of like the best help defenders in the league when he's at his very best to kind of bail these guys out. And this season he's, he's a step late on every rotation. And not only that, when he is in front of Gobert, for example, rotating over to the Reek side to tag the role, he's just soft. He's just standing there with his arms up. And a yeah. lot of guys are capable or guilty of this. They're not really, they're not going as, as hard as they need to go, whether it's draw a charge, swipe the ball, 
go up straight and try to block the shot. They're just kind of there and they're, they're saying, okay, I'm here. I did my job, but really you haven't done your job until you contest a shot. Yeah. You gotta make them feel you. I think that's a Nick nurse term. You gotta let them know that you're, you're there. And so it's making body contact them. It's initiating, um, initiating kind of that physicality when it comes to your defense. And I don't, I mean, aggression is great, but I don't, I wouldn't say that they're even um, physical enough with their defense. And this actually goes back to precious because I thought at the beginning of the season, they were, they were the more aggressive team, more games than not down low. And I think precious really helps because say what you will about him. He's a guy who's going to make contact first, sometimes to his own detriment where he cares more (laughs) about contact than getting a ball through the hoop. Sure. But Precious is a guy who really like brings that aggressiveness. And I thought since he's been out of the lineup, it just hasn't been there. I'm Pascal. And I, and I agree with you that I, I'm not necessarily concerned about his, his offense because I think it's going to work its way, work itself out over time. I'm just thinking about um, decision-making necessarily. And like overall, like especially during this time with OG out is, is he going to be, be put in a position to be successful? I mean, Rudy Gobert, he was a force last night. Like he clearly was impacting the Raptors' decision making and their willingness to go to the bucket. He actually had an 86.7 defensive rating last night, Rudy. So, and there were a few cases where Pascal, like you said, like you have he has to attack them. And with Whiteside, there was a case where he did attack him in the third quarter and he, he got blocked. So now you have to initiate that con that contact with them try and pick up a foul or just you know make them feel you again like there has to be a level of aggression and physicality with you on offense and on defense and Mm -hmm. pascal's lacked that a little bit he was very much willing to shoot jump shots last night and that just can't be the case and you know he has to recognize those opportunities where he has some space and i see areas last night especially where and it's this is kind of tough right because like you need to run your offense but as the number one option on the court, you have to be willing to, you know, look for your shot in certain cases. And so when Royce O'Neal is on him and he's got, you know, there's a side available and he's like, okay, let me, let me run some pick and roll action with Fred. Good. Yeah. But also like, we want you to have space and to be able to create. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You know, and if, if you're not taking advantage of that, or even going downhill and you have Rudy Gobert on, like you have to just go. <laughs> you have to go because this is the only way the Raptors are going to be able to score and how you're going to be able to be your most effective self is if you're getting into the paint. Mm-hmm. So he's, uh, yeah, a lot of trial and error right now. And I'm sure that uh, facing the <laughs> Sacramento Kings is going to help tonight. I'm sure. I'm absolutely certain of it. But yeah. a bit of a, a bit of a struggle 
right? And maybe you could just chalk this up to being, you know, facing the Utah Jazz, a team that knows their identity, knows who they are. Like we talked about, do things three seconds faster than the Raptors do in every which way. And maybe tonight, you know, things go a little bit better. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Like we'll get into the Kings game, but that's, that's a better matchup for him. But, but what you said about the, the people around him, you know, the team does not feel any better built around him than it did last year, which was kind of the gripe about last Mm -hmm. season, not, not running a lot of stuff through Pascal. Yeah. This season, the offense is even more egalitarian, uh, which I'm okay with, but there's no spacing for him to really work with. So yeah. they're going to have to create opportunities elsewhere. I think, I, I mean, I think there are, they are a little bit better this year when it comes to spacing, but I mean, they're not, they're not being healthy obviously doesn't help either. I mean, they haven't right. seen, we haven't, we haven't seen their, their starting lineup and their full roster together. And I don't know if we even, we haven't seen it yet this year because Utah has been no. out and he's another person who's going to be a four spacer, a smart cutter. Um, so I don't know if we're ever going to see it. Jesus. Maybe and even soon, when hopefully. even when Pascal got back, Precious pretty much immediately went out. So yeah, he's basically had to play a lot of center, and I don't think that's ideal right now. Not at all. Do you want to shift to that Kings game tonight? Things to to look out for. They're facing a team that isn't very good, so that helps. Yeah, just one quick note before that on like the lineups. Yeah. Uh, that they're going with because like we've kind of talked around this, but. There's, there's a decision Nurse has to make between spacing and kind of defense, like size and defense, or does he want to play smaller lineups with spacing mm-hmm. with OG out? And I get, I, I've personally felt like since the beginning of the season, whenever they play small, so whenever they have like Svi or Trent at the three, yeah. I just don't like the look of the team. I just think it's, it's kind of too small. I think you need a lot more length at the wings when you don't have like a traditional center, like a seven footer. And so when they play these lineups with like Barnes and Siakam at the four or five, and then like Svi, you know, Trent, Fred or something like that, it's just too small for me. And you really have to make like the other team pay with barrage of three pointers, if that's going to be the case, but that's obviously hasn't been the case. Mm -hmm. So I think I do prefer them to kind of skew towards their identity right which is like be a big defensive team and that's how you're gonna like win games get on the boards uh you know mix things up offensively like the spacing's not going to be great but they've shown that they can score just with with different looks uh rather than running like pick and roll because that's not a great way to score without spacing and and i think like that's the direction they have to go because when they play these small lineups it just doesn't look like a, a raptors team that like this is supposed to be this year it's good that you mentioned that because that is a good point talking about the lineups um they tried a little bit of fred and malachi last night and uh, had some mixed results malachi it was in that third quarter i believe and malachi he missed a few of the open shots and uh you you like the idea of those two in theory just from the point of like they're going to be aggressive on the perimeter and that's obviously helpful and they're both pretty smart they can both shoot they can both pass they're both going to run but I, I don't think it's a great look from the standpoint that you are just, again, you are way too small. And I think you have to pick your spots where you do that tonight, for instance, against mm-hmm. the Kings, that might mm-hmm. be a better time to do it, but against the jazz, a team that is so big, probably not a great, great look. And 
this is another gripe that I have with the Raptors defense is that you need to cater a little bit to your opponent. You need to be a little bit more careful with uh, with your schemes and how you're going to approach each matchup. We mentioned, like you know, you mentioned earlier on, like the the trapping that they were doing with Donovan Mitchell early on. And I didn't I didn't hate it just because I I felt like okay they're they're doing something they're trying something that they haven't really done too much of and it they eventually they switched off of it and they had uh, Ken Burst just like tagging tagging instead later on and they they had some more success with that in the uh, in the second quarter but switching it up a little bit just based off the team that you're facing I think is has to be their identity even just with like the Portland game right and they were picking up CJ at the logo. I'm like, okay, so CJ isn't necessarily going to be a person who's going to be hitting that shot. Dame, okay, maybe you want to do that. But even still, like if you have Scotty Barnes on Dame and you're picking him up at, at cross half court, like would you not just live a little bit with Dame hitting a, a shot from the logo or Scotty Barnes with the, with the hand up? I don't yeah. know, man. It's no, just like so little stuff like that that seems so puzzling to me. I think that stuff is a result of them wanting to pressure the ball and, and take guys out of their sets so that they can't comfortably get into what they want to get in and then also to force turnovers. But like you said, NBA teams are smart. Like they're more often than not, even if there is a lot of ball pressure coming, they're going to make the read. Someone's going to flash open. They're going to make the, the read. And then they're yeah. playing four on three from there. And, and it's yeah. been way too much of that. And this could now be teams adjusting to who the Raptors are. Right. Um, yeah, for we, sure. We teams saw, go yeah. in. Yeah. They go into the game knowing, all right, you're going to get trapped. You better center you better like figure out that look to the rim to score like rudy at the beginning of the game basically they were trapping ball was going to ruby and they were taking the passing lanes so they're taking the corner threes and rudy was just like all right i'll just go to the rim time after time again so yeah. i think you're right teams teams know what's coming and they're planning for it and that's where the raptors have to counter with maybe an adjustment crazy as it may <laughs> seem you may have to adjust to the adjustment that the team is throwing at you yeah yeah tough times man tough times right now um they're on this this trip and they got golden state coming up on wednesday or on sunday which it doesn't seem like a good time to be playing the golden state warriors because they are like firing at all cylinders right now and you talk about a team that has a lot of off-ball actions have fun with that that seems like you may as well be an l at this moment (laughs) no exactly they're the opposite matchup of the kings like you mentioned the kings are a good matchup for the raptors they're small they play a ton of guards so the raptors can go to those smaller lineups with three-point shooters and they have no one to defend pascal right like harrison barnes is probably their best option so pascal needs to have a good game but the warriors they're gonna spread the raptors so thin if they continue to to double staff and trap and all these things like the Warriors are a team that's just going to move the ball and, and the Raptors are not going to be able to rotate quickly enough to defend what the Warriors want to do if they're going to play that aggressively. A lot of teams are trying out those like two, like two screens, right? At the top of the top of the key. Mm-hmm. And they have one person flash out. They have another person go into the bucket and the jazz did that quite a bit. I think uh, the Blazers did that a lot too. And it's just creating confusion on the Raptor side of things, because when you have a, a big like white side or go bear involved in it and they're going to the bucket and your help defender along the, the baseline is like Svi or something like that, right? That's not really going to cut it. Even if you do, if he does make that rotation, you know, go bear gets the ball, guess who's in the corner now for corner three. Well, <laughs> there it is. It's, it's like a constant, uh, it's just, it's never ending sort of in the ways that a team is able to beat the Raptors at this very moment. 
just based yeah. off what they're doing because they're not really taking anything away necessarily from from teams. It's true, and and that's also part of those small lineups is when your low man is Svi rather than like Ken Birch and Siakam being the two low men. When your yeah. low man is Svi or something, he's just not really helping when he comes in and, and tags a roller. So yeah, I, I'm hoping that they go back and, and simplify things a little bit and, and just start switching a lot more because I think that's what the team mm-hmm. is capable of defending like. But um, this Kings game has become a must-win game, like as crazy as that sounds, at least for considering the road trip they're on. Uh, yeah. this, this is the most easily winnable game, even if it's on the second night of a back-to-back and the Raptors have to show better effort tonight. There are a lot of people who are just very hesitant and not understanding why Pascal and Fred, Fred especially, was still in the game late in that fourth quarter as they were trying to rally. Because like, oh, his mm-hmm. minutes are getting up there. Wrap him in bubble wrap. He's the key to everything. And he is, right? He's shown how valuable he is on, on, on the court, his leadership, uh, offensively, defensively. He's still like an incredible um, off-ball defender. Um, team defender he's still incredible at it but like we talked about these players like an OG and Pascal and Fred I mean Pascal's a little bit of a step slow or a step slow at the moment but they haven't forgotten how to play defense they're still very good at it so maybe you have to look at the rotations and the schemes and the coverages that perhaps that is the area that might be a little bit um, askew at the moment but yeah on the Kings game tonight like you talked about Pascal has a much better matchup and it seems like when he goes, they're going to go. And so they're going to need him to have a a great night and they're going to need him to get in the paint and to get defenses rotating because he wasn't able to do that yesterday or was um, a little bit unwilling in some ways to, to undo, to do that. So that'll be extremely key. Um, Picking up their defense in uh, especially in, uh, in the half court will be, will be, important but i mean like look like the, the kings they aren't a good team this <laughs> is it's the reality of it like this is not a good team this is a very very variable winnable game and we talk about a team like the jazz who don't who make you pay and don't make a lot of mistakes the kings are like the polar opposite so this is a matchup that you have to win regardless of you know you played last night like that's the nba man <laughs> this is the only back-to-back they have on this road trip that you have to win this game um, any other keys for, for you? I didn't really give a lot of keys. It's just like they're a bad team, so win the game. But that's oh, kind yeah. of what it feels like. <laughs> I think like we just talked about Fred and, and what he's doing so well. I think Pascal can learn a lot from Fred in terms of like Fred is really playing within the offense in terms of he's not forcing anything. He's a, he's a facilitator. But if an open shot comes to him, he's going to take that shot. And then the other thing he's doing is picking his spots really well when he's going to go one-on-one. Like if, if a center is switched onto him, like he did last night, he made Rudy dance a little bit, then he's going to go step back three or drive to the hole. And, and I think Pascal just needs to be a bit more patient. Like Fred has been all season in that take the off, take the shots that come to you that are open. But then when you want to like be the guy, make sure that you get the switch that's favorable to you or you play out of a pick and roll so that you, you know that you're going to, you know, have a head of steam going downhill. Just like I want him to pick his spots a little bit better offensively, but keys, keys comes down to the defense and, and then figuring it out. I wonder if Mary Holloway is going to watch this game tonight or stay up to watch it because she said that she fell asleep trying to watch this jazz game and she woke up this morning and was like oh i saw that they lost but it's gonna be okay we'll make it so i wonder if mary's gonna 
watch. I don't blame her for falling asleep. You know, on an optimistic note, since I want to end on an optimistic note, I will say that if the defense can catch up to the offense and that has been made harder with OG's absence, but we don't know how long it could be. It could be short. Like we just don't know. We can't trust Nick nurse very much. He's a great liar. One of the best in the industry. What does a, a while mean? Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. I did some research on hit pointers and apparently it's one to three weeks. Again, that's okay. vague. Um, so you have to keep in mind that uh, it could be, we don't know how, how bad it is. Yeah. It could be a really bad one. It could be a, you know, an okay one, but apparently yeah. OG wants to play right now. So maybe it's not right. so bad. Yeah. So, so like Raptors fans can get really caught up in the moment. And it's just a reminder that just a week or two ago, we were like, ecstatic we were like this is a top four team like when they won five games in a row and and yeah things have come back to earth but I think optimistically the offense is good it's a top I think 13 offense if the defense can ever catch up and OG kind of has to be back for that to happen but if you have a top 15 defense and a top 15 offense I think the Raptors are going to be in really good shape considering what the expectations were this season um it's just about figuring out their defensive identity right now. They don't have one, but you know, it's early in the season and, and I'm still optimistic that they could find what works best for them. But Oren, <laughs> what if, I mean, their identity it's, we don't even know what their identity is. And like, we don't know what they're trying to do. That's the thing that is concerning to me. Like identity. Yeah. Identity crisis as in, it feels like they have they have two different defenses happening here. You know, we 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 there's one thing if we're like we know what they're trying to do, they're just not executing it. The other part is that they don't stop teams from doing anything at the moment. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm just like I don't know where this is necessarily going to go, and it would take a, a change from perhaps yeah. the coaching staff. And I don't know because they're very committed to what they do. They've always been like that. They say, this is what we do. As Chauncey Billups said about the Raptors, they live and die by their system. And so if they're willing to play this way and they want, and they're so committed to this help heavy, rotate heavy, everyone be on a string, get there, get back, get to the, get to the level, now get back to defending the rim. And everyone's got to do that at the same time. I just don't know how it, it's going to get that much better to a point because like they need to have like a top 10 defense, right? Like it's one thing to say that, you know, the defense improves. Okay. But they, for them to be successful, they need to have like a top 10 defense, maybe even top five. And even yes. last night they forced 23 turnovers and they scored 37 points off of it. And they still lost by 18 points and the game yeah. wasn't even competitive. I, I know. I mean, no, that's a good point. To- I, I yeah. want to say on that, like nurse can be very stubborn, but the reason I'm optimistic that they will make adjustments is because I remember at the beginning of the season, he had a really interesting quote about the defense was, which was basically, he said, you know, maybe this, he said in the past, I've tried out a lot of things. He said, maybe this season won't be so weird. And they started the season switching everything and it wasn't so weird. It, it was pretty traditional. And they've gotten away from that. Maybe I think maybe they've gotten away from that because they've been forced to play smaller lineups with Precious out. And, and even when yeah. Precious was healthy, him, him having some games that were so bad that they couldn't play him. But as long as they have a center for, on the floor, watch for them to be a little bit more traditional. I think when they really get out and try crazy things is when they're small. And when they, they say, okay, we really need to protect the rim by committee. 
let's fly all over the place. But when they have a center on the floor, I, I do believe that the coaching staff is going to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. I recall that quote too. And that was one of my takeaways from that day too. I think that was, um, yeah, that was a practice day, right? I think we were yeah. actually sitting beside each other yeah. when, when he said that. And I was like, Oh, okay. So, uh, less zone, less box and ones, just more traditional defense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm for it because I, I, I think that, that, uh, they have the people to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I suppose, you know, missing Utah and precious and OG. Now those are three players who can guard a lot of different body types and they're missing all of them. So that does make it a lot, a lot tougher. It's just looking at the past six games. I mean, OG at least was there for a portion of those games and precious is, I guess he's probably missed most of those actually. Um, well, is this the day that we realize how important precious is? <laughs> crazy it was, it was ken burst before that right <laughs> yeah Who would have anyway thought? well just having uh, centers are important i think is what we've realized but the raptors would say differently it seems like <laughs> guys at all at six nine at all positions that's the way to go this is kind of a negative way to end the podcast so let's start let's end it with something more positive and i think that fred van vliet is having an incredible year I hope he gets his his recognition um, across the league. We're seeing it happen with DeMar DeRozan uh, in Chicago. He is obviously a much better player than he was in Toronto. You know, like he's developed, he's grown. um, He's hitting like league average from three. Look at that. Um, But Fred, he is having a monster year when it comes to leadership on the court, off the court. Um, I feel so confident when he has the ball. And that wasn't always the case in past years. I think he's making incredible reads. Yeah, you had mentioned there was a play last night where he was, he drove to the bucket and Rudy was on him. He kind of just like dribbled underneath the net and he came out and he hit like a little, little jumper um, from like, you know, 10 feet out. And I'm like, I love that. Like that's mm-hmm. him just, he's got so much comfort with the ball right now. And he's so, he's steady, a steady Freddie. And so it's been, it's been great to see him. And I think it was Amon who said it on group chat the other day. She's like, rap. Fred Van Vliet and bubble wrap because if we lose him, the season's over. That is definitely true. true. He's yeah. having, he is their engine every which way. Pascal may be their best player, but Fred Van Vliet is what he's the oil. He's the oil yeah. of this team. And he's been their best player this season. Like he's been an all-star quality player and all defense quality player. But the sad thing is for Fred is that if they keep losing, he's not going to win any of those awards. And he knows it. he said it uh on the on the Raptors show with will and alex he said that he knows that you have to win a lot of games to to get these individual awards yeah and so he's doing everything he possibly can to help them win games it's not like he's playing a selfish brand of basketball at all uh but the talent around him right now just isn't up to par we're gonna try and end this on a positive note bro what are you doing oh (laughs) i'm joking i'm joking go Yo, Go it's, Fred. It, hey, we lost six of seven games, man. It's it's hard to be yeah. uh, positive uh, after a stretch like this. They got the Kings tonight. They got the Warriors on Sunday. Hopefully they can win one of those games. I'm banking on the Kings game. But I mean, also the last time that I said that, oh, they're probably going to lose this game. It was the Celtics game a little while ago, and they they cooked the Celtics. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's some good jujus from them trying to prove me wrong. Who knows? Yeah, but maybe just we wake up or in a couple hours in the press conference and nurse says, you know what? Utah and precious are both good to go and we can celebrate. That'd maybe be nice. that's it. That would be terrific. You know, maybe yeah. that's that warriors game. That's where it happens. They got mm-hmm. a few players come back. We don't know when any of these guys are supposed to come back. Right. But they're is- all on the road trip, which means 
they have to be optimistic that they can come back soon. Yeah, exactly. Utah's doing five on five drills, although he had a bit of a setback and I think that's what delayed all of this. Um, but Precious, yeah, he's around and OG. Um, I was extremely encouraged when I heard that OG wanted to play because that just that to me means that it's, maybe it's closer to that week with the hip mm-hmm. pointer as opposed to the three weeks. Um, so who knows? Obviously, with those injuries, from what I read about, <laughs> read about on it, that uh, if you don't treat it properly from day one and he comes back too early, now this could be something that affects him for the rest of the season. So they have to be very cautious. He is having a monster year. So there we go. We're ending it with the right there. We'll stop it right there. I'm done. He's having I'm a done. monster year. Everyone, enjoy your weekends. Hopefully, we, hit, we celebrate one or two Raptor wins. And we'll continue with this road trip and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Oren. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.